0: Jason, I gotta say, I uh, watched that on video, Mark Hall, and I I think uh, you you out, how do you say outdid yourself. It was really impressive. (laughs) It was good. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, um, I also would like to say, um, Abby, it took me about halfway through them singing to realize you probably stayed off the stage because it's Manhood Restored Sunday. <laughs> yeah. So, I was like, why well, didn't all the guys up there, where are all the women <laughs> And then I'm like, shit. But some of y'all are like, oh, I get it now. So you're welcome. I just explained it to you. Okay. Mighty men of valor, welcome, and women and children, welcome to the Manhood Restored Sunday. Here at Mount Tabor Church of God. I am your host of this uh, endeavor here, your fun-loving, joke-telling, Pastor Ben Nath. And with me is my good friend and fellow mensurrectionist, <laughs> Chad Staley. Oh. Sorry, my good Catholic friend, Chad Staley. Are you a little nervous here,
1: Chad? Well, this is the bright, the lights are really bright right now. Yeah. <laughs> I shined my head up just for this. <laughs> my mic is not on, this must be a trick for playing on the yeah. Catholic. Is he on? No. Nope. Nope. Where's the on button? Is this on? Ben's the tech guy on the microphone. Yep,
0: yep, yep, yep. We don't have it here. <laughs> uh, I can talk about <laughs> What's that? <laughs> yeah. cap here.
2: I didn't hear that. Sorry, the
0: Catholics don't have a voice in here. <laughs> okay, we have a lot of fun. If you haven't listened to our episodes, just so you know, we, we have uh, recorded, well, we've released 55 or 56 episodes over the past year, one a week on Tuesdays, and uh, we have a lot of fun on there with humor, and so we're, 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 we go, go at it quite a bit back and forth. So now you might have in your mind questions running through your mind. What is a manhood restored Sunday? Does manhood need to be restored? I'll just keep talking. Don't worry. Shouldn't we have a, a womanhood restored Sunday? Uh, what are these guys going to do? And some of those questions, uh, I think I asked myself. <laughs> uh, it, what is it with one day? Well, oh no. <laughs> is this the <laughs> it's a joke. <laughs> check, check, check. No, oh, I only one of you can yeah. talk at the time. Is that no. what it is? Oh, <laughs> okay. Put his hand <laughs> and mic back and forth. You got it, okay. Caleb? Good. We're good. Oh. Yeah. Ben? Check, check, no. check, check, check. No. No. So. Nope. No. Hello. No. Welcome. Welcome to Mount Tabor and the Grimlins that run here. our <laughs> <or something? laughs> no. Yeah. No. Well, we can both? on it,
1: Mike. Yeah, so, yeah.
0: Um, hang on, I can fix this. Hey. <laughs> ben evidently doesn't like to
1: talk without a mic. Check, check,
0: check. You can <laughs> play the guitar.
1: Can, talk. <laughs> can you at least start us off with how, how we got here?
0: Yeah, we got here because uh, Darwin said to me one day in a staff meeting, "Hey, let's do a manhood restored Sunday." And I was like, "What is a manhood restu- restored Sunday? What does it look like?" Check, check, check. <laughs> Well, wait, wait, wait! Can you hear me? Oh, I just gotta swallow that microphone. Okay. Well,
1: actually, I wasn't even talking about that. Man, I was talking about like how we got started doing the podcast. Tell us that story.
0: Yes, don't um Yeah. So back in April of 2021, does that work? Oh, it's gonna work. No, I'm dead. Uh, it's not. Long. This is. I quit. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, okay. Check, check, check.
2: Yeah. Hey, all right. And that concludes our Manhood Response <laughs>
0: Sermon. That was the Catholic version. Oh. <laughs> yeah, apparently, they only have seven minute sermons in the Catholic Church. Well, I'm always. Um, just for my show of hands, how many have grown up Catholic? or had a, had a foot in the cabin. Okay, see so you, you'll feel right at home here. We have found great connection with people that have one foot in both doors, okay? Um, so we're really equal opportunity offenders is what we are. But back in April of 2021, uh, Chad, this was just, if you remember, my 2021 stunk, and in March of 2020, my dad suddenly passed away uh, from a heart attack and and so I was grieving that, but also reminded, reminded how the brevity of life, how, how brief life is. And that at any point, we could be called home. And I wanted to make sure that I was spending my days doing things for the glory of God. And really where I was at, I didn't feel like I was where God would have me. I felt like I wasn't using my gifts the way I should. And so Chad uh, texted me one day out of the blue, hey, do you want to do a podcast? And for most of you who know me, I have all this free time in the world and, and I don't have anything scheduled in my life I don't have beef business and sell houses and you know at the time was teaching, right? So I really want to think through my commitments carefully before I commit to them. So he texts me Do you want to do a podcast? I'm a sale. Yeah, and, and he sold me. I said yes <laughs> We didn't even have any idea what uh, what it was that we were going to do it about. But I knew them enough to know it wasn't going to be just about, like, Teletubbies or something. So, <laughs> th- that's not in the totes, yeah. <laughs> so they're going to come back, I guess. Anyway. Uh, and, and so we ended up, um, you know, basically going from there. And a week later, I guess I, uh, it was Aaron who got a hold of me and said, hey, uh, would you be interested in, possibly put in for the youth position uh, here at Mount Tabor, and I was like, oh, I didn't know it was a possibility, and so I had buyer's remorse the day after I committed this, because I'm like, how do I have time to do this, and then the Lord opened the door, stepped out in faith, the Lord opened the door, and I was like, yay, I can do this, and so I was super excited to have this opportunity, and it's really taken off, I guess, from there, and I got the sale, so no commission, um, <laughs> yeah. Other than you are my
1: insurance agent. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the, usually when the, the policy is sold, that's when the work begins. So uh, we immediately went to like, all right, well, if we're doing a podcast, what are we doing at all? And uh, I, I personally came back into my faith uh, through a men's group. A, a man inviting me to come to a men's group, and um, the rest is history sort of thing. And I know Ben has had a heart for that with some ministries here at the church. So we're both kind of like, yeah, we're passionate about seeing God lead men and men lead people to god uh and so we we
0: yeah i guess that's our prob- problem to solve that was our problem to solve yeah. is the fact that we just didn't feel like men were stepping up and leading the way they were called to be and, and the dynamic was completely out of whack in our culture uh, and, and so we it wasn't hard for most people with a with a half clear thinking head even to go yeah, yeah. it seems like manhood is kind of out of whack uh, here and then we needed to find sort of a niche, honestly, because we knew that people talk about it all the time. So we said, Is there anything unique about what could be unique yeah, about, about us? Our relationship, and, and the fact is that um, society has changed quite a bit it's since even the 1500s and everything. But uh, the Catholics and Protestants don't typically sit down and have discussions. Uh, about their faith a lot of times. In fact, if they have those relationships, faith really isn't discussed a lot of times. It, it's kind of pushed on the back, back burner, but for both of us, it was really central to what it is. So my Protestant background and upbringing influences how I would see manhood being restored, and you would say the same thing. Yeah, absolutely, it's central in how I become a better man. Yeah, so um, one of the common questions we get is, then why, why do you team up? And, um, especially since the protestant, right? People don't even realize that. That's why we call it Protestant, right? Protestant, uh, obviously does not agree with a lot of the Catholic teaching. Um, and, and we have so much to differ on, um, so uh, we, we choose to focus on little things, though, like salvation and works. <laughs> uh, right? um, for instance, Ben, you know, the, the, the Catholic teaching. That we are saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. No, 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 no. That is the Protestant teaching that we are saved by faith and through faith by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. Ephesians 2, 8, 9, for it is by grace you have been saved, not by works so that no one can boast. Did you guys hear that? That's what I said. No, 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 you didn't.
1: Sure, sure it is,
0: it is, right? We are saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. hello. What? Alone. We are saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ alone. Alone? What was was that scripture verse again? It's by grace you have been saved, not by works so that no one can boast. I didn't hear or I don't remember
1: seeing the word alone. Did they have the Bible with
0: Uh... (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah. I mean,
1: I guess, come to think of it, you Protestants do like that word. Right? Like, faith alone, Bible alone. Jesus alone? Which one is it? I mean, you can't have them all at once.
0: <laughs> you, you really are poking, poking the Protestant bear here, Chad. <laughs> well, you invited me. <laughs> I'm rethinking it now. <laughs> so, I, guess, I know you believe that salvation is faith and works. If we are alone people, then you are plus people. Faith plus works. Scripture plus tradition, Jesus plus Mary.
1: Well, it is in fact the Catholic Church is teaching that salvation is uh, by grace through faith in Jesus Christ, and and I know, I know, Ben, those pesky works do follow. Okay.
0: Yeah, we are not saved by by works, but works follow salvation. Completely
1: agree. Uh, and, and furthermore. Furthermore, did you know Catholics
0: also believe that the Bible is the inerrant Word of God? <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, we believe it is God breathed in the authoritative Word as well. Check and check. Agree? Okay. Well, we Protestants worship God and believe in the finished atoning work of Jesus on the cross. Uh, wouldn't you know it? Us too. <laughs> so, what we found out. Is although we have stark differences in, in many of our beliefs, really at the core, um, th- we, we believe the same thing. We unite that men, women and children included, all right? Men, then the woman and children all came from man, by the way, need to turn and serve Jesus Christ first and foremost. Good. I'm, I'm glad we cleared that. On. All right. We can move on. All right, yeah. We can move on. All right. Let's get back to that problem. We were talking about why we wanted to do the podcast. Yeah, why, why do we believe manhood needs to be restored? Right? Yeah. Uh, you want me to say it? Yeah, sure. Well, I
1: mean, I, I heard um, they even say it here when you were praying for us. Um, society's in a bad way, right? I mean, I think we can all at least agree on that at some level. And so the question becomes, well, what do you do with that? And part, somebody said in the first service, that families, the family structure, I know, uh, Darwin, you've talked about that, um, is is, under the gun, as it were. So uh, in our minds, it makes logical sense that if you're trying to heal the wounds of society and fix the structure of the family, that it starts with the men. So you get to the father, you can heal the family. You fix the family, and you can begin
0: to heal the culture. And society. So, manhood restored really is family restored. Right? Man steps to the lead; everything else, everyone else is blessed. Um, as it goes, the family, so goes society. As goes the man, so goes the family. Um, and there will is it, here, here disclaimer. There will be no disclaimers
2: <laughs>
0: except for that one. Okay. So, there's a tendency that we have been, I believe trained by our culture to be like, as soon as we talk about men, we have to give a disclaimer, like women are important too, we're not saying women aren't important here, okay we're not going to do that, alright, and I'll prove it to you why, culturally, it doesn't go the other way, and so last night you're going to see, I found this great clip, literally I recorded it off the TV with my phone, okay (laughs) Uh, but I was like, man, that drives it home so much, what I'm talking about here, check it out not this team. it'll be on a second we'll do it again.
2: We do more We step up, stand out, break rules
0: and start revolutions We save lives, we give life, and we get right back to work We deliver, no, we over deliver And we make it look easy We all boss up, shadow records We deal with and expectations and that's all time We still end up with that It ends with the next commercial, the wolf in the sheep's clothing or something. That, that to me was like not playing, but it's kind of awesome to see that at the end. <laughs> like, Yeah. Um, but I guess to say, when we, we look at that, did you see a disclaimer at the end there? Men are important too, right? No, it's saying, it's really almost kind of throat-punching men to say, no, no, you, you, something's not right here. All right, Something's wrong, that this is the way it is. And it's basically an attack on men.
1: Yeah, it would seem that, I don't know, to
0: varying degrees, I guess, that
1: when you prop up women, right, and and there's reason for that, obviously, that was a disclaimer right now, Uh, but it comes at the expense of, or to the diminishment of men, oftentimes. And I don't even know if we realize that. It can be so subtle that there isn't a disclaimer for the men, but we all get a little uncomfortable if we were to go into this conversation about let's celebrate men. Because then I think the first thought in the rest of our minds
0: is like, well, yeah, but women too, right? Our next shirt, we might get it, I still wanted to say boy power. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you've never seen a boy power shirt, right? And and, and that's what we're going to talk about here, is this idea that we want to empower girls. Do we want to empower boys? Oh, they're already empowered. Are they? Um, you know, I think um, maybe I'll mention this here. At school last year, there was an award ceremony, and nine of the ten girls on stage receiving the awards for eighth grade there were uh, women. There, there was a, there were young girl girls, and of course, there's one boy, Chad's son. <laughs> so it was nine girls and Chad's son. Um, <laughs> it was not lost on me. I, I think honestly, it was, <laughs> I t- was so <laughs> awkward. Like, yeah, it mean, hadn't been parents right? where are the rest of the boys? Yeah, well, and that but that's every year. There's only a few boys, and the girls play school better than the boys. It's not a secret, all right. And that's and that's partially because the system is designed in a way that they can be successful because the way God has designed women, they excel in that type of environment where men it's. Not necessarily the same. Now, let's give a stark contrast here. Um, and this one, oh, got to show you this. This is going to be an audio clip, but I, I wanted to read it, but when you hear this guy read it instead, it sounds way cooler. For, before you do, just, okay. we're pointing out
1: here in this little next section of our, of our talk um, three areas where we just want to drive home. Hey, yeah, men are important. Men are important in society. Men are important in the church. And men are important...
2: Uh, in the home and the family. That's what that took. Yep, good. Look around you. Every road you see was laid by men. Every house, church, every school, every factory, every public building was raised by the hands of men. You eat with a stainless steel fork. The iron was mined and the carbon was quarried by men. You type a message on your computer. The plastic it is made of came from petroleum dredged out of the earth, often out of earth beneath hundreds of feet of seawater, by men. The electricity that powers your computer. Where did it come from? Perhaps from an enormous turbine whirled about by countless tons of water on a great river dammed up by men. Or from a power plant burning coal harvested out of the earth with considerable risk, by men. The whole of your civilization rests upon the shoulders of men who have done work that most people will not do, and that the physically weaker sex could not have done. There is more to it than physical force, as I will show. The differences between the sexes, which are manifold and profound, are all related in some way to that one, the easiest to see and the hardest to deny. But there is at least that, and it alone would be decisive. As I said, I should not have to write these words. I do so because it is a crime against manhood and the truth that young men should never in their lives hear such a thing. I do not want to encourage pride, the sin. But a just self-esteem is not pride. And it is high time that men be reminded not only that they have powers as men, but also that those powers were given them to be used for the common good for everyone, men and women and children all. Well, look around you. Every <laughs> Wait,
1: word you yeah, see was laid. We're just going to keep playing it. Yeah, this happened first service too. Well, oh, look at that.
0: Okay. <laughs> we got a rap- That's a good reference for the men in the home there, if you know where that's going. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, that gives me goosebumps thinking about. and and i think maybe you can point this about um in or you can speak to this a little bit uh, about we're as men we understand we the uh, the cultural attacks maybe but as younger okay. boys i, I think you're talking about that at some yeah, point yeah. yeah i mean if you if
1: you just step back and think about it you really want to drive this point home because you're like yeah 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 guys up the buildings and stuff but societally, anyway, it, it, it resonates for me more when I begin to think about my boys, I'm a, I'm a father of six boys, and um, how really the deck is not set up for their success at, at, automatically, especially given some of the stuff we were just talking about. And so are they being reminded, are they being encouraged that yes, you are valued, yes, you are important for society, I wonder that sometimes and if they don't just end up feeling lost uh, and, and so I, I kind of maybe I'm overdoing it sometimes as a dad but I want to make sure they know that that's, that's their call.
0: Well in the classroom when I was teaching I knew that I would see um, boys just kind of have their feet kicked up or uh, whatever and you think they don't care but I can remember time and again if I had something broken or a problem that needs solved next thing I know hey that needs fixed and anyone could really go tackle the problem. But as soon as I say, hey, something's actually broken and needs fixed, I got four or five boys that uh, generally aren't great about getting their homework in, memorizing the vocab and all that stuff, but they're the ones tinkering with it and they got it fixed in no time. And they're like, hey, and we, we fixed this and did this and then we, we actually made it a little bit better so you can do this and this, you know. And I'm like, wait, this is the same kid I can't get to do five problems of algebra, you know, for homework? Uh, you know, and so that's the same kid because they were made differently. They were build to, They were made to build, to create, to invent, to innovate. They were made to do those things. And we do it as service when we don't give them those opportunities to do that. So man restored. And a lot of times feels also like boyhood restored. Mm-hmm. Yes, agreed. Now, if we can move on to the importance of men in the church, um, I think that's something we want to talk about, how important it is that each and every man to start being uh, the doors of the church. There was a study back in 1994, it was a Swiss study, and they asked a little bit of everything, but they wanted to know how the parents' church attendance affected the next generation of church attendance. And it was just fascinating. And to try and, I'll try and summarize it for you uh, without giving you all the, the boring statistics. In short, if the father does not go to the church, No matter how faithful his wife's devotion, only one child in 50 will become a regular worshiper. It's it's actually under 2%. It was 1.5% would be uh, a regular worshiper if the father did not attend, even if the mother attended faithfully. If a father goes regularly, regardless of the practice of the mother... Between two-thirds and three-quarters, 67 right, to 75% of their children will become churchgoers, regular or irregular, irregular attender. Um, even if the father goes irregular to church, regardless of his wife's devotion, between half and two-thirds of their offspring will find themselves coming to church regularly or occasionally. Then you're the math guy. I mean, statistically,
1: that's significant. Is it not? Oh, it's 2%? <laughs>
0: Yes, yeah, it's crazy to what see the difference. Again?
1: What was the factor
0: um, God's design. <laughs> That's, immediately the factor. The father being in a church and God's design is, the man is called the lead from that. And in fact, this is even more fascinating. Now, you can interpret this how you want, but if the father regularly attended, but the mother did not attend at all, the children were actually more likely to attend church. Isn't that crazy? Now, I'm not advising this sort of the closest thing to this claim you'll we'll get. I'm not advising not coming to church. Uh, they, they were all important. But it seemed like then when there was tension and the, the man was like, this is what I value, and the woman's like, this is what I value, the children then would follow the lead of the man more than the lead of the woman. And I'll uh, transition
1: now to uh, men in the home. So. Uh... I'll just hit you with much more statistics. Ben's loving this. Really oh, yeah. It. All kinds yeah. of bullet points and stuff. Um, so there's a, there's a website I would refer you to maybe uh, later today or sometime this coming week. Uh, just easy to remember, fathers.com. A whole website dedicated to fathers and fatherhood. Uh, and they have one section on there that they call the, the fatherlessness crisis. They're calling it a crisis. And here's the statistic that they start with. Some, as estimated, some 20 million children in the U.S. are living in a fatherless home. 20 million. And that doesn't even include maybe kids who live in a house where the dad is checked out. Okay? Because I would say that's fatherless also. But just doesn't have a male presence inside the house. Now, just imagine for a second. What would that mean for that kid and that kid's life? Well, I, the statistics bear this out. And I'm going to just rattle off a few of these. It gets a little depressing to hear a ton of them, so I'm just going to give you a handful. But here's remember this is important to the father in the home. Uh, kids from a fatherless home are 44% more likely to live in poverty. Fatherless home, uh, kids from fatherless homes are 10 times more likely to abuse uh, chemical substances. 80% of adolescents in psychiatric hospitals are from fatherless homes. Kids from fatherless homes are two times more likely to commit suicide. 70% of adolescents in juvie uh, from fatherless homes. Um, kids from fatherless homes are 20 times more likely to be incarcerated. Uh, kids from fatherless homes are nine times more likely to be sexually abused. Okay, I have to show you go on, I, And the list continues to go on. And the statistics don't get any less staggering. So, I know those are hard statistics to swallow, but you can't can't deny it. And ironically, the way they sort of contextualized this page, within the page, is if this were any other thing, um, a disease that was spreading across the country, or a weather-related issue that were going to affect this many people, it would be declared a national emergency. But... the best we can do probably is find a website for you. That's, uh, yeah, sobering, I guess, would be the word I would think of there.
0: Those are, those are, those are reinforcing the why behind the podcast. So then the next question is, well, how do we restore that? What do we do here in, in Mount Tabor and in our home to restore it here? Um, One, I I do think we have to get back to God's design. Men are called to lead, right? The woman follows, supports, right? Help me. That's good. And then the children follow that. And and when we get that out of balance, we miss out on the blessings that God has for us. It's that simple. You know, we, we can see society getting worse and worse, but we're, you know, they call it progressive, right? Things are. They're progressives because they're always aiming for that utopia. And as we break down the design that we've had in place here, we see things getting worse and worse and worse, and people are baffled. You know? and and we we just go back to the simplicity of God's design. Right? You start really male and female, one man, one woman together for a lifetime. They have kids, they raise them up in the Lord, and then we see that um, from there. Then I guess going. Going in the right direction. Um, let's talk about work our way up children. Chad here, he had some good stuff First Service to say as far as guiding children maybe and how they can honor. Yeah, for restoring manhood, it's, it's, a, it's like a
1: team effort. Okay, so let's start with kids. Kids, how can you help restore manhood? Um, there's questions that come to my mind and I wonder, I'm asking the kids that are in attendance I can can kind of see through the light some of you uh, uh, do you ever pray for your dad specifically Uh, do you tell your dad that you love him do you ask him when he comes home from work how was your day, dad do you ever just tell him dad, thanks for working so hard to provide for our family now, I, I know these are like common sense, right? But, I don't know if you're s- s- squirming a little bit, but I guess my point is, I ask the questions is, yeah, we kind of take that for granted, we take the man for granted, for whatever reason. Um, and how about this? Kids, how do you, children, how do you talk to your friends about your dad? I, my kids read this book, uh, I, too much, it annoys me, but it's a Diary of a Wimpy Kid. Familiar with this book? Uh, Josiah probably knows. Uh, and guess what? I, I don't know the guy's name. He needs to be forgotten. But the one male figure, the dad, in that book is about as lame as they come. He is the butt end of every joke in that book. And that's, in my, in my mind, I'm like, that's the, like one of the examples my kids are getting. And then they're going to talk to their brothers and their friends about. Who was the butt of those jokes? Remember that part in that book we read? It's like it's always the guy that's the butt of the joke. So those are the kind of questions that come to my mind. And in order, that matter, I didn't ask this one earlier. Um, do you ever tell your dad that he's your hero? So those, those are just a couple. and Maybe there's some others that come to your mind out
0: there. Okay. Well, he um, said something about that was like the worst example you could come up with for a dad, but um, um, for those a little bit older here, this is uh, Al Bundy, married with children, and this was one of those things that just really showed, he was the, one of the idiots, in the, and then, constantly we see um, those idiots there, and of course, the, the woman's the one who is the intelligent one. In fact, I, I wanted to show another clip, but, but I didn't. It was another commercial where uh, the husband and wife got into a little bit of an argument about who forgot this, and this one person said, I said this, and the other person said, oh, no, it's not right. And so then they, you, some of you would know what I'm talking about, they throw the red flag, and, and they place their in the Buckeyes, and then it's like, I challenge this, all right? I challenge what actually happened here. And so it's a debate. So at this point, it should be 50-50. I wonder who they're going to have be the intelligent one here that remembered correctly. Is it going to be the the... Uh, intelligent woman who looks intelligent and her hair's good and everything, or is it going to be the guy who just looks a little frumpy and his hair's a little messy and he just kind of looks I wonder who it's going to be that they're going to choose that was correct here. And obviously, uh, I'm being a little cynical here, we know that they say, oh, it's the, it's the woman who knows everything. Uh. And uh, you know, I'm gonna go here because I think we need to. I thought I thought you wanted to. I jealous. know, but you didn't do it justice. Okay. Oh, okay. All right, you were too nice. To Should it. I tell them
1: though that at first Ben said we're gonna talk to the kids about how to restore our manhood. That means we have to talk to the women about how to restore manhood. <laughs> yeah, I was scared about
0: it. But but he's like, why well,
1: don't you do it? Because this, been, this, been, been, I, this is my church. I'm gonna trip. go it's there. Been. I'm
0: gonna go there because I'm here every week. And I'm going to look this way when I say it. It's glaringly evident, I'm not looking at anyone out there, that the feministic ideas in our culture have definitely seeped into our church. And we, I've certainly seen that men are not necessarily lifted up. And there's a lot of like, in, in the women specifically about their husbands, I've seen lots of cuts <laughs> That go there, and it's so natural to do that we almost don't even know we're doing it. And it's so delicate, and I'm sure it could take somebody off, but at the same time, it's destroying marriages um, because of that. And so if we get that out of balance, and we don't address that, it's going to stay miserable for people and if one of I'll oh, say, oh, say I'll here yeah You're please say I didn't want yeah, yeah. I, I didn't really want to crack it open but I know it's something as a shepherd of the flock it needs a dress well and, and look the feminist idea that dates all the way back to the
1: 19th century um, from its very first wave they referred to as waves of feminism at the outset it was guys are the reason why women are oppressed so they're at fault and so therefore the way to restore a woman I mean, Womanhood, in that case, is to pit the two against each other. That's the only way to correct of course. Since that, and that idea still, I believe, sits with us somehow, in our culture and in our hearts. You know, and so in marriages. And I did a, I did a, I did a, a podcast episode about this. That was the hardest thing, probably, I've ever done on the podcast. Called "Woman, Step Aside" was the title of the of the podcast. Um, and I, I got my permission to do it because it, it wasn't a set of arguments, it was our story. I was telling our story about the tensions that we started our marriage off with as it relates to breadwinning, essentially, the economics of the household. And um, when we had our first kid, even though she was wildly successful and um, she, she is so, so capable of doing these kinds of things, she wants. she had a kid and she just wants to stay home. And it took us 10 years after realizing that to finally break free of it. Ten years later, I have the opportunity as a man to step up in that regard, and it's helped me grow tremendously. And she gets to now be the mother she was designed to be, you know, without feeling the guilt of, um, you know, not at work or something. It's kind of an odd thing. So that feminist idea, and and we're not perfect. I don't want to say that. We we still have issues that we have to negotiate. Disclaimer. Uh huh. (laughs) (laughs) Disclaimer. No, man. It's it's just truth. Right. But uh, for a man to step up and lead the family, sometimes that means that the woman needs to be able to let go. Right? Uh, You support and encourage the the man to lead. And just talking about that makes us uncomfortable, doesn't it? Yes. But if we buy into the fact that men are important in society, in the household, in the church, why wouldn't we?
0: Why wouldn't we? I can't see their faces out there, so... So, and, and the men in, in general, men don't get off off to hook. No, <laughs> no. Um, I, you have the toughest job. All right, <coughs> who's taking the bullet? Right. We already know. You, if somebody's coming after your family, you're the one who's going to take the bullet. Right. You're the one who's going to step up and protect them at all costs. Right. And, and you have the toughest job. Certainly. <laughs> um, but I want to I want to tell you though that um, well I say the the castle doctrine, basically, is designed in like concealed carry. Think about that, or uh, this idea, or even your home, it's not even concealed carry, but it's designed, if someone breaks in your home, you have no duty to retreat. If somebody's attacking you, then you don't have to just run with the tail between your legs. And I think culturally, we've been attacked, and I'm here to say, man, we, you don't have to sit to, to run with your tail between your legs. You say, not my house, not, not my home. This filth isn't gonna be in there. And it could be even the, the shows on your TV, you mentioned like, where does this come from, folks? It comes from that rectangular box and those s- subtle messages that are there, time and again, because we're tuned into it. Whether it's a big one on the TV or a small one on our phone, and we see those little ads, those little things, and they're they're constantly putting those messages in there. So, um, but but men, we have to stand up and not retreat and do what we need to do for the best uh, for our kids, and th- whether that is in support. Uh, or in spite of what else is going on in your house, that's your job. I'd love to see hometown. This is kind of an old picture, but I don't think this is a an ideal that needs to necessarily go away. Maybe you don't need to wear the suit, okay, right? You don't need to wear the outfits. But picture this with, you know, with modern wear, that, that that is there leading the home, right? And right there, wife is there in support, the kids are there, and, and it's more of a design. This, this is what we believe God has designed it to look like. Notice there's no TV in the photo. All right? we're not, They're not sitting around watching a show and just kicking their feet up. It, they're engaged and active, and he's uh, you know, teaching the Word of God them. Like, add anything right there? No, I think you were going yeah. to transition. Yeah, so, our, our uh, to kind of wrap this up here, our uh, motto says moving men from mediocrity to mastery, apathy to action, failure to freedom. And that's, and we've said earlier, so goes the family, so goes society. As, as goes a man, so goes the family. And so it's important that we we prop up our men, though, too. And that's what to, this is today. Um, I want to even recognize to, that we have some amazing men that attend here. And I certainly, it's long overdue. I'm going to do it publicly. My father in law, Dave Stos, right, he's a great example of that. He is loved. His wife, Tammy, faithfully, for like a long time, I can't remember how many years they have been married, raised four girls, helped them find wonderful husbands. <laughs> uh, you know, And his gentle spirit has been a great example uh, to me um, where you don't need to be loud and boisterous to lead and serve as he's done in elders for decades um, here at this church. So I just want to give Dave Stos a hand here. Can you do that, please? All right. But your story might be different. Maybe it's someone like my friend Franklin Mitchell. All right? You know, he took a more scenic route before he got plugged into the church, you say. Right? He, he, he took the long path maybe to get there. And I think that's important to realize that's okay. Um, he would tell you probably he made some mistakes along the way. He didn't follow the path he always needed to. Uh, the straight and narrow, as you might say. But at one point, then God got a hold of him. And he surrendered his life to Christ. He's has been coming to church and leading his family as best as he can. Getting as better, better, better as he listens to the podcast every week. You know, getting better and better. At, you know, about how to lead. And I think that's important because it's not necessarily you grew up in the church and you follow perfectly your whole life. Sometimes it's a little messier than that. So I want you to give it up for my friend Franklin Mitchell. <clears throat> I nice to say that about so many of you. I have such respect for so many of the men here that have led for. For time and again, uh, I can see um, here, and continually, our trustees. You know, I th- when I think of trustees, I always picture Denny Hinkle. All right, he faithfully serve. I don't like fixing stuff, Denny. All right, you know, I hate fixing stuff, but he comes and faithfully serves through 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 his gifts here in the church and the other ones as well. Jim Fleur and I talk a lot anymore. We got Caleb Chan, they all serve as trustees. Let's give them a hand. Guys It's, it's, it's awesome Alright It's making a difference Just saying This is a priority In, in my life and I, That the, you have Darkened these doors Of church And you are present And you're saying Yeah e- Either once a week Or every other week Will encourage weekly Attendance But you're still here So let's give it up For all our men That are here today So you So in closing Right You got anything here you're good. Yeah, I you got to, you
1: have to mind, keep ranting.
0: Oh great, I can you know I anything mean? I can get going, okay. All right. So we usually go like an hour, so I figured we just go fifty-eight minutes today, really I'm just kidding. we're wrapping up here. But um, I, I want to end with a challenge here because that's how we end our podcast, all right? And, and this is just you notice we to use a lot of scripture. That's because our faithful pastor, who who also has raised three kids, are still going to church and walking in the faith, all right? Let's get Darwin it. And so right? if he's got a messed up life, then we all screwed up, right? We need our pastor to lead, all right? And he'll certainly tell he's not perfect either, but. He's, he's leaving that example for us As, as best as he knows how We've got uh, some amazing kids and grandkids now um, But he's going to talk about Ephesians 5 And he, he gets to be the bad guy I think when we talk about Ephesians 5 I mean, We just touched on it He gets to be the bad guy Really let us have it the next three weeks That's how you are in the big bucks But read Ephesians 5 every, every day pretty much uh, This week And with a prayerful heart Like saying Lord open this up to me And, and reveal to me what uh, you would have for me about the proper relationships in the home so uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say a word of prayer here and then that song is gonna be played again that Jason played and it just it's such a prayerful song and I encourage the altar to be open and, and not be afraid to use this altar you know the steps as a, a, a letting go and a surrendering to things that you have going on whatever it is and of course the elders can pray with you as well uh, so let's pray dear Lord we thank you for this time here we do pray that our words Gently settle on the hearts the way they're supposed to in love. Uh, we pray that there'll be peace in the homes for each and every person. Uh, peace that will like a river that will flow through from the man to the, the the woman to the children and and to the glory of the Lord. We pray that that will happen. Thank you for those opportunities to do that. And would you really restore here what needs to be restored in your lives? And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.